mine. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Who is Chester? My dog. The dog I'm going to get when I grow up. Sorry, kid. No dog here. No dog? Now let me get this straight. I'm 40, I'm not married, and I don't have a dog. I grow up to be a loser! Okay. Welcome back to another edition of Marty. That's Mike and Russ time. Yes, it is. You messed it up again. (laughs) No, no, I'm changing it. I'm changing it up. Because oh, our, right. our yeah never really works out well, so we're going to have to do something different. So we're going to do it like, yes! Or yes. Or... Mike and Russ time. Yahoo! <laughs> Yahoo. No, we might get in trouble from Yahoo with that. <laughs> That's our trademark. You can't use that on the internet. We're not allowed to use the Yahoo trademark. Um, I apologize for any noise. I'm actually working while I'm talking to you. So Oh, boy. We might hear the scritch scratch of my mouse on the mouse pad. So what are we uh, what are we talking about tonight, Russ? We're talking about the sort of time travel movie, Disney's The Kid. Now, I don't know why they branded Disney's The Kid. I mean, Disney made it, of course. But uh, I know it's specifically branded Disney's The Kid. And I think it's to distinguish between the old Charlie Chaplin movie, The Kid. I didn't know there was an old Charlie Chaplin movie named The Kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that, but um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I guess, yeah. but you would you would think that most people wouldn't know the Charlie Chaplin movie, so it wouldn't matter. You would think because that's been like what seventy years ago or something. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe Disney did that also because they wanted to attract a, a family audience. True. True. Um, they are so known for that. This movie came out in two thousand, and I believe you and I saw this together for the first time at my apartment in New York. I don't know for sure, but I feel like we did. You had an apartment in New York? Not New York City. You know that. Upstairs. Oh, I was, I was like, thinking, that's, I didn't, did, I, I didn't. did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, that was my <laughs> that was my secret apartment, Mike, where I'd go have yes, yes, rendezvous. Yeah, I, do know, I do know of your apartment, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we saw it. Did we see it together? Is this your recollection or do you remember? I have no idea. Um, you know me; I'm terrible with, with things like that. But yeah, I don't. I have. I didn't even know it came out in 2000. I thought it came out uh, much earlier than that. Um, no, no, I, I don't know why you would think that, but um, you've been known to be wrong before, so uh, rarely, <laughs> if ever. But I do know. Yeah, for some reason, I think we saw it together. I don't know. We. I think it may have been, but it may have been one of those that. I do know that it, you and I both talked about it um, around the time that I watched it, and either I recommended it to you or vice versa. Uh, back in the day, back in the year, in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see that on, the, on Conan O'Brien? I did not. Yeah, it was great. It was before, this was before the year 2000. They would do a little bit where they would talk about what was, what was going to happen in the year 2000. So the they flying would, cars? Uh, yeah, they would talk about stuff like that. It was make jokes about it, you know. And of course, this was in the '90s, so that wasn't that far off. But they, you know, they made they talked about it like the year 2000 was so far away. So they would have their, you know, one of their guys in the band or something would do that, 
They would have like they would turn off the lights and have like flashlights flashing up and, and like lighting them from underneath. So uh, Conan and uh, this was when Andy Richter was still on the show. Uh, well, he's on again now, but you know he left at some point. And anyway, uh, so they would do this thing, and then and then Conan would go in the year. He would have these like science fiction looking robes on too. Say <laughs> in the year two thousand. We will no longer eat with our hands or, you know, something like that. It would just be ridiculous. You know, just joke stuff. But then he would always, in between each thing, it would be the guy doing that. In the year 2000. Sorry. Maybe you should bring that back. We should. We yeah. do the year 3000. Anyway, the year 2000 uh, came out in the summer of 2000. Disney's the Kid, starring Bruce Willis. Yes, it is. Who's the, who's the kid? And the kid, uh, oh my! You just asked me too quick. It's um, his. He he comes from a family of actors. He's like his brother and sister. Uh, Spencer Breslin. I feel like he has a sister that was that's an actor as well. Hmm. Uh, he was later in the movie um, Cat in the Hat. Did you ever see that the live action Cat in the Hat? I did not. Which was kind of weird, actually. Um, kind of like you know how the Grinch when they did the Grinch. Um, yeah, you you can't make those those things live action. It doesn't work. Yeah, it just makes it weird. At least with Cat in the Hat, only only Mike Myers looked kind of weird within his Cat in the Hat costume, which is weird anyway because the Cat in the Hat is like super super long and skinny, and then and Mike Myers is not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Jim Carrey would have been a better Cat in the Hat physically, but anyway, true. Um. Uh, but this was when Spencer Breslin was little. He was uh, only like eight years old or seven. And um, uh, the main character is Russ Duritz. Isn't that a great name, Russ? Russ, that is a really, it's a nice name. And, it's a solid name. Yes, yeah, solid Russ. Short for Russell. Uh, and then his younger self comes to visit him from the past. Somehow, we don't know how. Yeah, that's that's what I, I wanted to to get on with with this. Well, yeah, because we're talking time travel. So. Yeah, it was it was they they never really explained anything about that. No, and that's okay for me because that's really not the point of the movie. Uh, but it does make you think. It makes you wonder because how did this happen? Because um, once again, we're gonna say spoilers abound, and you should go watch this movie and then come back and listen to this if you haven't already. And I also want to say that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Is this uh-huh. in your top five? No, it's it's definitely in the top twenty, maybe the top ten. Wow! Uh, I watch, and not because the main character's name is Russ either. You um, have <laughs> you have that many movies that are your favorites in your. Uh, yeah, I could probably make a top twenty if I could, if yeah. you wanted see, me to. If you really see, if I said to. if I said it's one of my favorites, it would be I would say at at most in my top ten, probably in my top five. So if you say this is one of my favorite movies, Russ, I can assume it's at least. In your top ten. At least in my top ten, yes. Probably in your top five. Yeah. Like somewhere but in time. That's, you that's, know. Your, that's your number one. That's the number one. So if Pat's listening to this, our friend Pat David, who records, <laughs> who records Hi, uh, my podcast, Up Late with Russ and Pat, he's probably going, oh my God, you guys <laughs> did so awesome with the Terminator. He actually said the Terminator was our best yet. Really? And then now he's going to be like, oh, you're back to this crap. This, uh, ugh. Sorry, Pat. This is a great movie. This is a feel-good movie. For me, one of the things about this movie is it's a, it's an uplifting movie. It's a, it's a movie that reminds you, Mike, it's never too late to change and make things better in your life. True, true. And if, if you really think about it, it is sort of like a um, 
a Christmas carolish, right? Yeah. Kind of, kind of way. Kind because of, yeah. In, in the in the movie, Bruce Willis is a rich kind of curmudgeon, kind of a Scrooge, but not at yeah. Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a guy who, as as he, uh, you know, when he actually is visited by his younger self, mm-hmm. and. The little kid goes, hey, so what do we grow up to be? What do we grow up to do? And he's like, we don't do anything. We tell other people what to do. Yeah, and then I love it. He's, then the kid says, but what do I do? Because he says, I know, I, and he's like, but what do I do? Uh, I want, I feel like I try to quote, I'm not, I try to quote, but I often have the, the, the urge to say that to people. When just like, not that what do I do, but... Like I'll say, but what did you do? You know, I, they won't get it because the, hardly anybody has seen this movie. I feel like so. Yeah, like, I don't know if this was super popular or anything. It wasn't, but you know what? Everybody I recommend this movie to eventually really enjoys it, if not loves it. They're gonna be like, this is so good. Uh, we got to get your wife to watch it though. Yeah, I tried to to sit her down one day to watch it, and she's like, um, I'm gonna go to bed. Oh my god. Yeah, we got about I'd say. Ten minutes in, she was done. See, yeah, well, well, we won't get into that. But <laughs> I could probably convince her to watch. You know what I could do? I could say, Karen, I'm going to come over and we're going to watch the kids. She'll be like, great. I love when Russ comes over. And you're yeah, like, oh. That's exactly what you'd have to do. You'd have yeah. to be here and say, we're going to watch this. And then she would sit here and watch it. And then she would say, okay, I will do it for you, Russ. Not for my husband, but for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't care about me. No. No, so, but she's, the thing is, she doesn't know me well enough yet to be totally annoyed by me. So eventually she'll be like, no. Oh, no, no. I don't think that'll ever happen. She'll never get annoyed with me. She's No, she she was uh, ingrained to, to Russ that one year we went to Denver in 2009. Right, right. We're all over at uh, Megan's house. And uh, it was you and me and, and Dan and Greg Right. And she, you know, we were all just doing our usual blah, blah, witty banter kind of thing. And she kept saying that all the three of us did was talk over you and interrupt you and just kind of push you aside in anything we were talking about. And she was like, you guys are so mean to him. We said, no, that's just that's how we are. And yeah. she, yeah, she was, I think right then and there. Russ can do no wrong. She decided I was the good guy. You guys That's were the right. bad guys. And we were all douches for, for interrupting you and, you and not letting you in our conversation. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> well, speaking of me, um, the funny funny thing is back when I was a kid, I went by Rusty as well. So uh, we got Rusty Duritz and then Russ Duritz, the older one. He, he's uh, just about to turn 40 and Rusty is just about to turn 8. In a couple of days, mm-hmm. <laughs> he says. I can actually quote this movie. I've seen it so many times, but I did watch it again yesterday so that we could, I could be, it could be fresh in my brain. Yeah, yeah. So did you watch it? I did. Recently? I did. It's it's okay. always an enjoy. It's 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 a joy to watch. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It, well, like I said, it's an uplifting movie. It's a feel good movie. It also has. The lovely Emily Mortimer. Oh, I have a big crush on Emily Mortimer. She the she the oh yes, she's the one that was in the newsroom. Right, she's also she's on a show on Showtime now called uh, Doll and M, I think, and in sort of it's you know fictitious version of her life in in coming to America and trying to do a uh, be a playwright with her friend. 
Mm. Uh, I think it's Doll and M. I've only watched a couple episodes. It's pretty good. But um, anyway, uh, she's a British actress, and she works for uh, Bruce Willis's character, Russ Duritz, and um, her name is Amy, I think, in the movie. Is that right? I think so. I don't remember. Um, and so she's like his assistant, executive assistant. No, not really executive assistant, because his executive assistant is uh, is the talented Lily Tomlin. Yes, who who plays a very funny character. She's very she is great. I actually wish she was in there more, but she yeah she every time she's on screen in this movie, she's great. Yeah, she's uh, she's the the kind of secretary that you want because uh, older Rusty Duritz is cranky and mean and yells at everybody and she just doesn't take any of it. She just right. gives it right back to him. She's she a wise ass. She's <laughs> yeah. great. She doesn't take his shit. She actually, <laughs> she doesn't, you know, he gives her specific orders and then she just, you know, ignores them because she knows they're not, not good. She's like, yeah, okay. Whatever, whatever, Russ, whatever. That's, that's her attitude. And, uh, but, um, yeah, Amy is the, is Emily Mortimer's character. So basically, what we real what we find out pretty quickly is, or you get the idea anyway, is that um, Rusty's younger self, Rusty, uh, is there, has come from the past to sort of teach him a lesson about himself. And we don't, he doesn't know what he's got to figure that out. Um, do you want to talk about? Since we want to talk about the time travel stuff, do you want to kind of like? Um, give us a, sort of the the cliff notes, and then because so, we can talk about um, how the time travel s- seems to happen, and we can get into that. Well, the thing, well, see, the the problem with the time travel is you don't really know. But but anyway, I mean, the the whole thing of of little Rusty coming back is that um, Russ Duritz, who is now he's the he owns his own company. He basically tells people what to do and how to do it to make themselves be better in public or on TV or whatever. Right. He's, he's that guy. He's an image consultant. An image consultant, yes. And but what does he do? <laughs> what do you do? Okay. But he's, uh, he's estranged from his family. Like he doesn't talk, he barely talks to his father or he hasn't talked to him in years. Right. And um, he's basically grown up to be a douche. You know, he's very self-involved. He's very successful financially, but. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't really have any other sort of life. No, doesn't really have friends. Doesn't have friends. He has a, a big, huge house full of alarms and stuff, but but it's all it's empty. It's like him. It's like his soul. Yes, it's very empty. <laughs> and uh, well, there's a t- let me interrupt real quick. There's a telling part about that when he, uh, his younger self is walking around and the apartment, looking around the apartment, and uh, this is in the trailer too. But he's like. Um, um, Chester, Chester. And he's like, <laughs> what are you yelling about, kid? There, what do you? Who is Chester? And he's like, my dog, the the greatest dog in the world. And he's like, I don't have a dog, kid. He goes like, what? I grew up to be a guy with no dog. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then he's like, so what about? Hey, how come there's no lady around here? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not married. What? I thought you said you were almost forty. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course. You know, older us like, yeah, so what? He's like, so I grow up to be a guy that's not married, doesn't fly jets, <laughs> and I don't have a dog. I grow up to be a loser. <laughs> but that kind of explains it. It's like, he's lost whatever he thought about when he was a kid, this sort of idea of that what fulfills you. Um, 
there's nothing in there like that. You know, he's yeah, it just just explains exactly how he's so alone. He doesn't yeah. even fly airplanes, which he, yeah. you know, I which, guess that yeah, which, which Rusty wanted to do. Yeah, he had a lot of he had a lot of dreams as a kid. Well, there's a, that's there's a symbol uh there's some symbolism in the movie too with the airplane. You know, it starts out with him driving uh down the highway somewhere in LA and you see uh, an old World War One style biplane flying overhead, red, bright red, like you know. And then later, uh, <laughs> as the plane goes, <laughs> so then later, later, uh, we ha- that's how he meets his his younger self. Uh, he has like a there's like a little toy plane in front of his house, and it turns out it was his when he was a kid, and he thought he thinks his dad left it there. But then that's sort of how his younger self time travels. Like the plane shows up, little toy plane shows up before the kid, and the kid's there looking for his plane. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's anyway. when we get the introduction of, of Rusty, who then can't or doesn't even remember where he lives or doesn't know where he's from. So he has to, to hang out with. Right. Bruce well, because Willis. he doesn't know. Yeah, he's like he doesn't even know how he got to that house. He's like, oh, I was looking for my plane, but you don't. He rode his bicycle there. In fact, he disappears at one point because Bruce Willis goes to chase him uh, on the bicycle when he first sees him because he thinks the kid like just a little punk broke into his house, and then he he like disappears at the airport. He runs into a diner at the airport and disappears, like one of those little private airports or something, smaller mm-hmm. airports, and then he goes into the diner, which looks conspicuously old-fashioned, like the 50s, right? Or the 60s. And the kid's gone. He disappears. So, but the bottom line I wanted to get to, you're you're totally not getting there. <laughs> Let's get there. Was then. that his older self, we find out, his older self sent his eight-year-old self there to teach him a lesson. In other words, Russ from the future. Yes, not not the Russ that we're... Not Bruce Willis, Russ. No, older Bruce Willis, which we see. Older, at the end future of the movie. Yeah. Bruce Willis, yes. Because you find out at the end when when Russ finally makes a change and realizes that his younger self is there um, for him, for him, not the other, because he actually thinks, oh well, I must be my younger self must be here so that I can help my younger self in the past, which also sort of shows his his self centeredness because he's which like, he does. Right, he does, but at the same time, he realized that wasn't the point. Yeah, because he teaches him how to fight so he can fight the bullies and save the three-legged dog. And, uh, but he also he also helps him out with uh, the whole family thing. Right, because he sort of yeah, that's true. That's true. In in see the the thing is how what what made Rusty turn into Russ right. was a whole series of events with the family, and they they moved like twelve times, and his mom dying. His mom died, and it was a whole big, big mess of problems that that took basically little Rusty and turned him into Russ over the course of the years. Right, and he's got that. And there's another thing with it, and, and they may address this in the tra- in the previews, but I don't. But hopefully, like I said, people are listening; they've already watched it now. Uh, <laughs> with the twitch of his eye, you know, he's got that twitch, and then we find out that he got the twitch right before his eighth birthday. Um, when his dad like screamed at him and basically and sort of like said you're killing your mother which wasn't true but you know that's where he got that twitch yeah because because he said that to his dad and he's like freaking out and his his eight year old self was like twitch his eyes twitching you know 
Um, but yeah, so what? What? So then the question is: Okay, so if future Russ, who turns out like like eight year old Rusty would hope, he has because future Russ actually is a pilot. He has a dog, and he's married. <laughs> <laughs> well, we and, don't. Do we know he's married? I guess he would. Yeah. Well, he yeah, he said because when when at the end of the movie when they're they 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 meet future Russ, um, who's like gray hair, like in his sixties or something. Um, he comes off of like a Learjet, right? His own private jet or something, and mm-hmm. then he come walks over, and you realize, look in the background, he's got like a dog, and there's a lady at the door of the plane, and then and then after they leave, um, little Rusty says. Didn't that old lady look kind of familiar? And of course, the old lady looked like Emily Mortimer's Emily Mortimer's character, Amy, <laughs> as an older lady. Um, but did you notice that? The, obviously, the dog. Well, because he also Bruce Willis also gives Amy a dog instead of a, a sort of a I'm sorry, let's start dating dog, right? <laughs> a little puppy, yeah, mm-hmm. a little puppy, a little golden retriever. But there's no way it's the same golden retriever that future Russ has because that would be that dog would be like 20 years old. Yeah, but um, still, I mean, he had a dog that that counts for something. It's true. It's true. Well, and then also because uh, it's probably like his second or third dog by then. Yeah, I wonder if he names him all Chester. That's a good question. Good question. Oh, does that's a yeah? Wait a second. Doesn't older um, does older like future does future Russ actually say Chester? Because doesn't the dog come up to them at the airport first? I don't. I just remember. watched this yesterday. Oh, I just watched it yesterday. I forgot. Um, okay, well, go on to make your point. Yeah, I wanted to know. Here's my question: Is what? Well, talk to me about what you think is uh, happening with the future. Because it was almost, it's almost like this future Russ, the guy in the '60s would be from another timeline in a way because he's like doing a Terminator thing. And it's like, Terminator, you're a nerd. (laughs) It's like like Terminator because he sends, he sent, he go, it's like, but instead of sending John, I mean, instead of of sending Kyle Reese back uh, to protect, to protect. um, He sends himself uh, back. Yeah, he sends himself forward in time. Somehow he sends his eight-year-old self forward in time to to his 40-year-old self. 38 well, years in the future. Well, um, no, 32 years. I'm sorry. No, he'd, no, he'd have to. He'd actually. He'd have to take the. He'd he'd have to come back in time to drop off his eight year old to pick up his eight year old self and then drop him off in the future in Bruce Willis's time. Well, yeah, because he even mentions that uh, the airplane, the biplane that you see at the beginning of the movie, and then later in the movie uh, when he actually goes when they go back into the 60s to Rusty's time um, when they're driving is is his doing as well. He doesn't explain how he did it, but he, it's, it's magic. <laughs> it's the magic of yeah. time travel. So it, yeah. it, this is one of those time travel things where you'd have to assume that all times are happening at the same time in the timeline. So future Rusty or future Russ right. has the ability to just jump back and forth in between the timelines. And maybe in the future he invented the time machine. Maybe the plane is a time machine. Mm, maybe, maybe that's a good question. Oh, maybe, maybe he's the one flying the 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 biplane. Oh, he is. That's that's what I always assumed that he was the he, he was, was the, the guy flying. Oh. The, I, 
It's sort of like a red baron plane, but without the without the the old German cross. <laughs> yeah, and that's why that's why he buzzed uh, Rusty Russ's car at the very beginning. Right. It's like getting his attention. Yeah. It's like, hey, wake up, wake up! You're so self involved. I do, you know, this is uh, off to the side because it's not really dealing with the time machine, but this the time travel stuff. But there's a nice character in there who's actually the actress uh, is in the late, latest season of Fargo as an older woman. Um, but she's a nice role because he, Russ meets her at the beginning of the movie on an airplane, um, and he's flying back home to L.A. And then he, they strike up a conversation. She gets some free advice from him because she's going. She's going to L.A. to become a newscaster. Anyway, I just like the. I liked her character because she, he he actually calls her up one night and they go to some hotel bar or something and they have like, you know, a um, conversation and she doesn't say you're batshit crazy, you know, because basically, <laughs> uh, she's sort of. I mean, she's. It's like you kind of get the feeling that she doesn't really believe him, like thinking, well, maybe he's just imagining this, but let me just go with it, right? Because she, cause she gives him some good advice, you know, um, about what he should do with this younger self that showed up. Um, anyway, I'm just thinking storytelling-wise. It also showed a vulnerability on um, Bruce Willis's character, Russ. He sort of like, you know, let his guard down and became... You know, it totally, totally embarrassed himself because at the beginning of the movie, he's so arrogant and cocky and she's so beneath him. But then at the, you know, later on, he just gets his, she's basically still a stranger, uh, but he calls her up to, um, you know, for advice. So he's like, yeah, he lets his guard down, uh, which is, <laughs> it's funny though. He doesn't go to this, to the psychologist that gave him the drugs earlier in the movie. <laughs> That's that's a very funny scene when he goes to the shrink. And he's yeah, like, just he's give like, me something. Just give me some pills to make the hallucination go away. <laughs> and then I love it later. You know when when he's he sees his his self himself again, and he thinks he's just hallucinating or he's dreaming. <laughs> and then Rusty says, "I don't think you're dreaming because you're talking and your eye is kind of twitching." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, shut up! I don't have time for this anyway." Uh, that's that's not the point of this podcast. It's, we... <laughs> it's a very funny movie. It's a very heartwarming, funny movie. It's got some very actually laugh out loud moments in it. I, that's why I was so surprised that this movie wasn't a bigger hit. And I think it was just one of those that just sort of fell under the radar. I remember when the trailers came on or the commercials on television, I wanted to see it. But it wasn't one I went to see in theaters, but I, I rented it. Um, this was back in the Blockbuster days, <laughs> right after it came out uh, when it was on, you know, so I think I rented it like probably 2000 or 2001 and uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, what was I going to ask you about uh, next, but the time travel stuff. Um, so anyway, well, I, I've lost my train of thought. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm gonna, you're trying to do ten things at once. Yeah, I'm trying to work at the same time. I'm talking to you. Uh, I'm disrespecting our audience. So, um, but uh, I do want to know. Um, while I'm looking up, I want to see because I'm going to look and see if the dog shows up at the end first. Um, I'm just curious about that. But I wanted to know what you thought about um, uh, uh, um, oh, like. Uh, speaking of t- him telling people, and then his secretary, he tells the secretary, 
and she just kind of like takes it in stride because he's like shows her Rusty and says, "Um, this is, can you make him go away, <laughs> right?" <She's, laughs> you can see him. Yeah, she just sort of trucks it up as him being exhausted or something, right? Yeah, it, there was it, there were some weird parts like you know he doesn't have any. Did he have? He did have family though, didn't he? It wasn't yeah. just him and his father. Didn't he have like a sister? Or right, something? he has a sister because he said your sister and her family are the sister. You know, your niece and nephew. He has a niece and nephew, but he hardly sees. Yeah, he's yeah. got he's got a, a sister that we never see. We only, we do see his dad, but that's it. Yeah, so um, he can he can play the kid off as you know a niece or a nephew. So it's not like he's right. an only child living alone, and suddenly he has this, you know, little kid with him. So because then Amy even says, "I didn't know you had another nephew." Right, and then yeah. you know, and then he, and then his friend, uh, the guy, the boxer that he's he's working with, his client, uh, does you know, sort of same thing. Oh, you have another nephew? I didn't know that. So yeah, he passes him off as a nephew. Um, and shoot, what was I going to say about that? Uh, oh, I was going to tell you. Well, I don't know. What What do you think about how? Tell me what your feelings are in the movie because this, as far as how they're telling the story. And nobody really makes a huge deal out of the time travel, or not time travel, but of the fact that it's his younger self. I mean, Amy does faint when she realizes that it's his his eight year old self, uh, but then she sort of comes to. Do you feel like it's just part of the sort of suspend your disbelief and go along with the magic of the movie, or what? Yeah, I mean, I think what what are you gonna do? I mean, if if suddenly young Russ showed up, right? <laughs> as as I'm, I mean, you, not not him, Rusty. Run, a young Rusty from from way back when, back in the nineteen, you know, early eighties, and, well, and you seventies because I'm seventies. Yeah, you introduced him to me. I'd be like, "All right, that's weird, but you know, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> it's not like you're gonna you're gonna go. No, this is completely insane, and I'm I'm I've lost my mind. Right, right. Um... So you would, I mean, yeah, you just gotta go along with it. And when you do find out that it's actually him from the past. Um, there's not not really much you can do. Right. Got to right. Got to got to go with the flow. Well, you know, there's that. That's well. I guess that's uh, also one of the things. It's like the suspension of disbelief. You do, you don't think about it too much because they're trying. It's like oh, it's like the know. it's like the mailbox in um, right. Yeah, that's a good example. Lake house. In the lake house. It just yeah. it just happens. You know, you stick the letter in and it comes out in the future. Yeah. Well, well, I know because I've talked about. I talked to a friend of mine about that movie too, and then and they were like, "But what about?" But I said, "It's just magic. It's just it's magic. Don't worry <laughs> it's about just, it. Just go with it, right? It's a magic. Ma- it. It's a magic mailbox, and that's what it is. It was a magic mailbox. Uh, so this this the uh, I did I did pull up the movie. I pulled up uh, on my video screen, my computer screen. And, so now you're doing um, eleven things at once, right? And. The dog does show up, and they're in their diner. They're in the diner having having a um, couple of shakes, milkshakes, which is another way that that Russ, older, um, you know, forty year old Russ, has grown, is because he was so obsessed with health food and stuff that he wasn't, he would never even have a milkshake. But they're having, they're sharing a milkshake. They they feel like they've figured it out. I think they kind of figured at this point. He's not the kid's not home because it's like they went back and they're still back in the sixties actually. Because they're wearing their sixties clothes, right? Because uh, when they change, when they go back to the sixties, they're driving in Bruce Willis's Porsche, uh, in Russ's Porsche down the highway. They go through a tunnel 
and they come out the other side of the tunnel and the plane flies by <laughs> and and they're like look at our clothes look at the car the car turns into a 60s Porsche instead of the you know you know 2000 Porsche or whatever yeah that's and that's when then you find out how uh how he got the the tick in his face right because he goes what back was- his dad yells at right. him. His mom's his mom. You find out his mom's dying. Then she's not dead yet. Right, and you don't know how long. But he says, but there's because there's a scene in the front yard. Uh, the mom goes in the house because this is after he has the fight with the kids. He beats he beats up the bullies and he saves the dog, but he gets in trouble because he got no fight. And then his mom um, brings him home, and his dad's mad because he feels like you're just stressing out your mom. Well, we give a dad a little bit of slack because. His wife's dying, and he's you know he's not handling it well. Yeah. But he gets the twitch because he shakes him. He shakes a little rusty. You're killing her. You're killing her. He's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I found the screw that I lost the other day. It's right here. You know. Anyway, there's a poignant scene. There's a poignant moment right after that when he goes to his older self, and he's crying, and he's like, um, and his eye is twitching, right? <laughs> and he asks him. He's like, she's dying. He says, yeah. He's like, soon. And then uh, older Russ says, well, before your next birthday. So he doesn't even have another year left with his mom. Uh-huh. Well, he he, um, he gets the twitch from from his dad telling him that he's killing his mom. Right. Was that was he shaking him when he said that? Or, uh, yes. Or... Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think the shaking was just you know the father doing it. I, but I think I'm pretty sure the twitch came. Oh, you're saying it wasn't the shaking that gave him. The it wasn't the shaking. Yeah, right, it was, right. it was that, that mental thing of him, his father right. telling him you're killing your mom and then the mom dying. So that's right. And that's what, cause that's where the kids, uh, rusty says, did, is it, did I do it? And he's like, no, no, no it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. So and sort of, so that's where, that's where 40 year old Russ is also kind of forgiving himself for something he had nothing to do with. Cause that's, you know, yeah, it's like, I think that's also saying it's sort of where some of his issues come from because it goes to his childhood. But it's sort of like it's almost like he shut down emotionally because he also said he'd, he hadn't cried since he was eight years old. Yeah. Or something like that. So that that was like the last time he cried, like when his mom died, I think. Uh, is that That's the impression I got. He uh, shut himself off from life. Right. Right. And he shouldn't. You shouldn't do that, Mike. Shoot. You shouldn't. You should, but so, he, I mean, it's it's tough. That's a that's a tough uh, tough thing to handle for an eight year old. Well, yeah, I can I can only imagine. Jeez, that I mean, um, yeah. And so, then, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say, and then you know, the rest of his life was kind of devoted to not thinking about that, and he changed. As you were saying before, he was in health food because he was a you know when you see yeah. Rusty in the movies, he's a fat little kid. Yeah, and he had a lisp. He talked like he had a mouthful of spit, as as Russ says in the movie. <laughs> so he he changed everything to get away from, you know, the the pain of being that little eight year old kid. Well, and that's why he didn't recognize himself. He didn't recognize little Rusty as himself because he sort of he blocked out his childhood so much he didn't even recognize himself. He's like, oh, uh, I don't, I don't, because somebody even asked him, what about, you know, what do you remember? He's like, I don't know. I blocked all that out. So, you know, um, but yeah, when they're, so they're in the diner, you know, after they've solved the, the, what he was there for, um, it's interesting that he did, they weren't concerned that he hadn't, that Bruce hadn't gone back to the, you know, to the year 2000 yet, but, um, the, uh, 
they're in the diner having this milkshake, and this this golden retriever comes in the in the into the diner and comes up to little Rusty, you know, and he says, "Hey, hey, fella," or whatever, you know, he pet, <laughs> <laughs> and he pets him and stuff, and then and then you hear somebody call the dog, and then and then the dog goes outside, and then, and then Rusty goes, "Did you hear what he called that dog?" Chester. Mm. So. Yeah, so there's a. I'm actually pulling that scene up right now. I don't know if you can hear it. I can a little bit. This may not work in as for the podcast, but we'll see. So the the people listening are just going to hear a lot of silence. Yeah, it's like they're going <laughs> to. If you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, turn on the kid now. Right at this certain. <laughs> so basically it's their birthday it's his birth their birthday uh when they're everything is done the dog comes up and he's uh hey, how you doing? Who are you? Chester, come on. yeah so, so oh yeah chester come on yeah and they go what and then he's like well, did you hear what that guy called that dog so <laughs> so we can either assume we can either assume that the dog that he, like you said, the dog he gives his future girlfriend, Amy, uh, they're going to name Chester, and then he's just going to have another, like a Chester Jr. later on, or he's going to wait to name his dog Chester. But Yes, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what happened, because since he's from the future, he would know when he was going back, because he would remember all this, because he right. had already been through it. So he would know when he was going back and when he was going to meet these two, and he would make sure to name the dog that he had at that time Chester. Right, to just to sort of like you know, get to get the feels, you know. Well, or though he could have just named all his dogs Chester. Yeah, could have had Chester, Chester the second, Chester the third, Chester two, uh, Chester the greatest dog in the world. <laughs> um. You know what's interesting is that, and I don't know if you ever saw this, but if you see the trailer, and I'll link the trailer to our All Things Geek page. But the trailer, I remember this clearly for some reason, but because the tr- there's a, the way they play it in the trailer and the way it is in the movie is different. There's a scene when he's talking to himself and he says, "So wait," because uh, he asked me. He's like, "Wait, I fly jets, right? I fly jets." He goes like, "No, I don't." I'm not a pilot. He's like, oh, what do I do? You know? And so when he gets to the fact that he doesn't have a dog, he doesn't, he's not married. He's like, in the, in the trailer, he actually says, he like, kind of yells it. He's like, I grew up to be a loser. <laughs> and in the movie, you may recall, he says it, he says it much more resigned, much sort of like defeated. Like, I grew up to be a loser. Hmm. And See, then, I, anyway, I don't know um, if you ever noticed that. Well, I the thing is, like, the the one that I watched on cable a few about a month ago, right? He did kind of yell. Really? I don't remember him. I don't remember him going just doing as a like. Oh, I grew up to be a loser. The way he says it in the film uh, that everyone that I've seen is he says, "I don't fly jets. I'm forty. I'm not married. I don't have a dog." And then that's when he goes, "Oh, I grew up to be a loser." Mm. Um. Anyway, if it comes on cable again, I'll have to watch it to see because I, yeah. I believe that he did yell, but I could be wrong. You could be wrong. You probably are. Anyway. Probably. <laughs> anyway. Um. 
So, yeah, this is just another one of those. I mean, this isn't as nearly as convoluted as something like the lake house, the time travels. Oops, or the butterfly time. effect. Or the butterfly effect, right. Oh, boy. But I did want to ask you, though, if you could travel back. This is sort of a time quandary, but not exactly. We haven't done this in a while. We need to, we need to start doing it again. But uh, if you could go back, if you could send 8-year-old Mike oh, boy. to visit 40-year-old Mike, or let's go, I don't know, you could call him 30-year-old Mike. No, let's go, okay. <laughs> you got to get your time quandary down Here's first what we're before gonna you do. ask him. When I first met you, it was the it was the time of Dark Mike. Yes, yes. It was, it was the year was 1998. <laughs> it was May. The weather in New York was turning nice and warm for New York right after, you know, for the springtime. But Mike wasn't feeling happy. <laughs> no. No, he wasn't. Mike was morose. And anyway, so that was the the there was a dark Mike era. But if say say you could send a younger version of yourself to yourself in 1998, what year would you send? Like, what age would it be? Would he be eight years old? Would he be ten years old? Would he be eighteen year old Mike? What age would he be? Well, see, the the thing is. Sending your younger self to your, I, I suppose it would be your present self. That's that's tough because you, the younger self wouldn't wouldn't know any of the the stuff you're going through, wouldn't be able to relate to any of it, and wouldn't wouldn't know, you know, what was going to happen. So I mean, it would be like like Rusty was that idealistic little kid of I'm going to fly jets, I'm going to have the dog, right. I'm going to have a, a wife. It's, I, I, I guess if I was going to send one person, send some of myself, it would probably be, um, I would guess 18 year old Mike, who is, yeah, who had yeah. high hopes and dreams and, and was like, oh, the world can't stop me. The only problem with that is if 18 year old Mike met dark Mike in 1998, <laughs> He'd be like, he wouldn't even have to talk to you. He'd just be like, oh, I grew up That's to be a happens. loser. <laughs> and you weren't yeah. a, you, no, you weren't a loser in 1998. <laughs> but I just feel like from the way you've told me about your 18-year-old self, your 18-year-old self would, would be like, first of all, I'd say, what happened to your hair? I had cool hair. Why did you cut it? <laughs> I, I had awesome hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What are you? Why are you working a wizard? What is this wizard magazine? I don't get it. <laughs> what? You're not a writer. You're an accountant. <laughs> well, no, I'm not an accountant. I mean, I am a writer, but okay. Well, I'm, a, I'm an accountant <laughs> and the computer guy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grow up so, to be an accountant I, and a computer guy. I'm a loser. I don't have a. You don't have a dog. <laughs> um. No, well, I, I don't. I guess. I guess you know, for the for the purposes of the the you know exercise. idealism, it would have to be a, like a, a younger a younger version of yourself, probably like an eight ten year old, because then they don't know the troubles of the world. So they're like, hey, just relax and enjoy, and you know, right. go be go be a pilot or whatever. Well, sort of reminding yourself to to um, remember those sort of idealistic ideas of youth. And, you know, the funny thing is you have a lot of people who would say, oh, that's ridiculous. He's like 40. What do you mean he's going to become a pilot? Well, 
there's a I know a, I mean, my uncle became a pilot and then became a professional pilot uh flying private jets when he was I want to say in his 30s I could he could be older um but I think want to say in his 30s but basically you know long after uh, people would have thought that you could be like wait what do you mean you want to become a commercial pilot right and then my grandfather got a pilot's license um well actually he may not have got his license but I know he flew solo uh, when he was in his seventies, so mm. you know, you're never it's, okay. Never when people say it, you're never it's never too late. Well, obviously sometimes it is too late. If you wanted to become a, an astronaut right now, it's pretty unrealistic, right? Uh, but there's a lot of things you could do right now, Mike, if you wanted to. Um, that some people would say that's ridiculous. Yeah, but and you uh, can you can do anything you want. A friend of mine just told me about a friend of his, friend of a friend who used to work, you know, corporate office, had everything, blah, blah, and was, was unhappy. And he just decided, hey, I want to go be a ski patrol guy and patrol mountains hmm. and help people. And he did. He just packed up and left. And he's probably like much more happier than he's ever been, yes. right? He's very happy. He enjoys what he does. You know, he's, he's outside all the time skiing. You know, if somebody falls down, he pops them on the sled, skis them down the mountain. Hey, that's having a good like, time. Sounds like a nice life to me. And yeah. um, you think about it, it reminds me of, since we're talking about movies, it reminds me of like the movie uh, Office Space. When uh, he oh, realized yeah. <laughs> he'd rather just work landscape, he doesn't, or you know, construction, whatever. As long as he's out yep. in the fresh air, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be, you know, whatever, uh, whatever the majority or whatever the the average person thinks is like so called successful. Um, I mean, well, you and I are kind of examples of that. We're not, you and I don't have typical jobs. I mean, we were, yeah. our jobs were much more typical when we first met in 1998. We were working office jobs. I mean, yeah, we were working at Wizard, which was a comic book, a magazine about comic books. So it wasn't like working at IBM, but, you know, I mean, it was an office, had the office politics. It was a nine to five. Um, And, you know, there was a time when you were happy there and there was a time when I was happy there. And then there was a time we weren't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 98 for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah 98 <laughs> for you. And see, that's the funny thing. is, and I was happy there at 98. And then, uh, Even and with then, Dark Mike. Then when I wasn't happy anymore, you weren't happy. And so we kind of were both on the way out around the same time. But anyway, I mean, then we've, you know, we kind of struggled after that. And then and then next thing you know, you... Uh, you you moved to Beverly Hills. Well, not Beverly Hills. <laughs> you I moved wish. to California oh, eleven years ago. Yes, um, a long time. But so I don't know. You guys, you kind of answered my question. Um, I did. I, I think I I think the best. I don't know. It's it's funny because it does it does work with keeping the idealistic dreams of your youth. But it, it would work better if the guy from if the Bruce Willis from Future. You know, the 60-year-old Bruce Willis right. had just come back and said, hey, you know, this I'm, is what's yeah. going to happen, and you have to do this, this, this. Because he would have, he, <laughs> he goes, look, I'm from the future. I know what's going to happen. I know what you have to do. Well, I guess that, I guess in a way, you're right. But at the same time, sometimes you can explain stuff to someone, and they just don't get it. They have to kind of figure it out for themselves. That's true, and right? Rusty did did change, right? Uh, his way of thinking. Well, and there's oh my god, there's a great line in this movie 
where everything sort of gets screwed up. He's pissed off Amy, right? Um, because Amy realizes that when he did something earlier in the movie, he, he like tried to make himself when he sort of looked like a good guy, he was still being a douche, and she's like, "Ugh, I'm so disappointed in you, right?" And so there's a it's a low point in the movie, and then they're both in the car, and Rusty, young Rusty, says, "Russ, we gotta change." Right. <laughs> I love that part because it's just a point, you know, it's like you're talking to yourself. Oh, I got to change. But he's like, you know, we got to change. It's just, I don't know. I just, I love this movie, obviously. But that's You a, love this movie. But that's a great, it's a great line that sort of, you know, it sort of sums up the movie. We got to change. And he says it in such a way, like, you know, um, in a way it is for him too, even when he was younger, because, uh, he has to fix, the, you know, I don't know. He has to kind of get out of his rut or whatever. And I like when he's talking to him, when he's asking him stuff too. He's like, uh, ask him about, you know, um, you know, when he's like, when do, when do I get my first kiss? When you're 17. When do I get a hickey? 17 or something like that. He's like, when do I get to learn what a hickey is? <laughs> but anyway. But see, well, now, now the question is. Yeah. Since Little Rusty oh, came from the past and knows right. what he's going to turn into and thinks he's a loser and doesn't want to do any of that, right? how is his life going to change? Or is he going to have to do exactly what he did to get to the Bruce Willis point? Or right. is he changing the whole timeline? Well, I got the impression that whatever he did change, and I think he did change his younger self, gave him some competent, confidence and also relieve some of that guilt of his mom dying and stuff. I think it doesn't really change a whole lot because he asked himself, cause he even asked Russ, he's like, am I going to be, cause that's where I was going with that actually. Cause it may have been a later discussion actually. He's like, Oh, that's right. When they're, when they're having the, the milkshake at the end, he's asking about that. He's like, so, you know, when, when am I, when do was, when do I stop getting beat up and stuff? You know, he's like, when do I stop being a loser? And he basically says, well, you know, Probably not till you get into college, you know, and then even then it's going to be kind of tough, but you're going to be all right. You're going to, you're going to turn out all right. And then, and then, um, so it's almost like he didn't change it much, but yeah, I mean, in a way you would think he would change a lot because he, He'd um, have to. his young Rusty I mean, it... stood up for himself and beat the bullies. But then he said, well, the bullies are going to come back and beat you up every day. So then I wonder too. Did when he was young, did he actually stand up to the bullies? Uh, and he did it just he's like basically taught himself how to stand up for himself, which he'd already done, and then it didn't really change anything. Well, it's it's that's a tough call, it's a they very it's a tough one really, because yeah. it's it's like a if you you know, if you know your future, then right. you're gonna, unless you specifically set yourself on that path to to become what you were. You know, like young Rusty's going to go back to his time and he's going to know what he becomes, that he gets Amy, he gets Chester. He becomes a douche, but then he changes from being a douche. Right. He's not going to be that same scared little kid growing up anymore. So he might, and he might he's turn... never actually going to become the Bruce Willis that we saw. He might have started. He might have created a whole new timeline. He would have had to. Well, yeah. When they when they bring young Rusty back, that's going to have to be a new timeline. So like when he goes back to him, went back to to 1968 or whenever it was, I think it was 68. Um, but in the 60s, he goes back there, and he he will he will either forget everything, 
Or if he remembers everything, he would change it because then he probably would be. He probably would think, "Oh, I'm going to become a pilot way sooner than that. I'm not going to wait till I'm over 40." That's right. A, that's a good point. If he they took him back and he forgot, right? Like they they erased his mind. You never know because in the movie he sort of just disappears at the end. Bruce Willis is sitting there smiling, watching watching his older self fly away, and then he looks down and little Rusty's gone, and then the diner's gone. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So was it all was it all a dream? Well, it wasn't a dream because other people saw and interacted with little Rusty. That's true. But yeah, maybe he maybe he erased little Rusty's memory. Maybe it's it's all it really is. It's just like uh, well, it's not just like, but it's you know, um, a Christmas Carol where they take Scrooge, they turn him into Happy Scrooge, and then life continues on with Scrooge being happy. Really, it's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> because well, he doesn't do. He go, he go, and Scrooge. He travels back in time, but only observes himself as a young kid and stuff. He only observes his past. He doesn't interact with his past, and he doesn't. He doesn't interact with it, but he watches and sees the mistakes he made, like not and then he changes. Like being greedy all the time, and and not you know choosing money over the girl, right? And, Kicking, kicking the orphans out on the street because everything is about money. Because he, right. he wasn't money. It was all about money because he was empty inside, like Bruce Willis. That's true. That's and true. And he needed to fill something up, and he just used gold to fill it up. And you know uh, that doesn't work. We've seen that with Scrooge McDuck. You know, you <laughs> you may have piles of gold you can dive into and swim swim around in the gold coins, but. It's not going to give you happiness. You're still going to be still going to be angry. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Um, it's a good lesson, Mike, for the Christmas time to to know that you should should not. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's the lesson for? Well, we already talked about the lesson of the movie. <laughs> we already have lots of lessons. The lesson is it's not too late. You, to, want it, you, can, you can find the lesson. It's not too late to turn it all around. You know. That's true. That's true. You I can mean, do whatever you want to do, except. Be an astronaut. Well, or, you know, you can't be Batman either. I mean, maybe if you had a lot of money, you could. Yeah, you'd have to be, you'd have to uh, have a lot of money and know you were going to be Batman since you were a little kid. When I was a little kid, I actually thought I could be Batman. Um, Because, think about it, you, you, all, all you need is the gadgets and stuff. And I actually thought, well, if I could, if I, you know what I could do? I, I actually thought about this. I thought, well, I could become a police officer, and then it w- I wouldn't be like a vigilante. I would actually be doing it legit. Right? <laughs> then you'd be a police officer. You right, be well. Because even if a policeman dressed up as Batman and went around beating up bad guys, he would get in trouble. And you'd have to be, you know, a really awesome detective. Yeah, that's true. Because he is the world's greatest detective. How did he become the greatest detective? If he's a- He has a photographic memory, which I believe they... Uh, retconned in. Is it a photographic or endemic memory? What do they call it? And what yeah, whatever. I, whatever I believe I believe it's just photographic, but it could be eidetic. 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 Yeah. What is the difference? I forgot. The difference is photographic is just you. You know, you remember what you read, and right. Eidetic is remember everything that you ever see, heard, smelled. Touched. Right, and you know, I I've heard a theory that. All of our brains have 
some of that capability. We just can't recall the stuff. I don't know if that's have, true, though. It is, because our brains are all pretty much the same. But then so how come some have, people can access those memories in some cases? Yeah, they just have like different connections. But theoretically, we should all be able to do that all the time. There's There's a show, or there used to be a show on... ABC or something called Unforgettable. And she was, uh, I think she was like a consultant for the police. But she could, she had one of those uh, eidetic memories where she remembered everything. So, you know, the big, the big thing in the TV show was that she'd go to some place that she had been. Right. And she could rewind the entire scene and focus on different things to pick out what was going on and who was there and who wasn't there and what they were saying and things like that. There's a character like that on um, the show Criminal Minds, uh, who's sort of uh, almost an autistic servant, but not not quite. Um, and anyway, but uh, the here's the thing, though, Mike. I don't know if you know this, but when you and I remember things, or the average human being remembers something, we actually are rewriting the memory as we remember it. In other words, when we remember it, it's like taking a file off your hard drive and then you like change it and put it back on your hard drive. So every time you remember something and recall an event, you're actually changing that memory a tiny bit. Did you know that? I did not know that. And why Why would you be changing it? Well, like I said, it's be, it's the way our brains work. As you remember it, it's like I said, you sort of, you're bringing it off the hard drive of your brain and then when you you put that memory away, you've sort of changed it. That's why eyewitness accounts aren't as reliable as some people used to think because um, there's stuff going on with the brain that doesn't quite remember the way we mm. would like. As they, as they say in Memento, um, memory is unreliable. Right, exactly. Well, that, I guess that's my point is in a way. Yeah. So it's like every time you remember something, you're doing a save as. Right. Over save. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I'll give you an example. And the, this is a weird. This is weird for uh, example for me, but it's 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 a personal anecdote. So, you know, it's not scientific in any way. But um, there are times when I will recall things, remember things, and and as I remember them. In my memory, I'm sitting in my wheelchair, and I'm like, "Wait a second! I wasn't, I wasn't even paralyzed. Then. This was, why am I remembering myself and sitting in a wheelchair? And that happened. I was walking around then. So that's sort of your brain, like, kind of messing with your, you know, messing with itself, I guess. Mm. Uh, or that's also how. Oh. Guess who's guess who's barking? Oh, the dogs. That's <laughs> also how. Uh, no, are you barking? Is <laughs> you got a bad cough there, Mike? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's also how sometimes people remember things like that happened to their brother or something, and they remember it as if it happened happened to them. Like if I don't know if you've had this. Well, I've had it with my brothers before. Like somebody will say something, they'll tell a story, uh, and then I think, wait, that didn't happen to them. That happened to me. Why are they saying it happened to them? But it's because. It's one of those things where you've heard the story a lot and then you sort of put yourself into that story in your memory. And you you never experienced it yourself, but you actually remember it as if you did. I don't I don't think I've ever had that. Um well it's happened. People do it. It's it's, it's a thing. It's a <laughs> Crazy thing. people, maybe. There's a good there's a good book you I think you'd like. It's called You Are Not So Smart. And uh, it talks about all of this kind of stuff. It talks about the brain 
and how we trick ourselves and how we, um, you know, convince ourselves of certain things. And in reality, we're we're not as smart as we think we are. <laughs> mm. um, it's fascinating, though, because it's, he talks about it. He goes into how your brain, um, the memory works and stuff and how it changed it. And like I said, that's why the eyewitness accounts aren't very reliable in the end. Um, or they can't totally be relied on, you know. Uh, because people do remember things differently, um, and even people were in in this you know in the same event. You and I probably have memories of something that happened completely differently. You know, mm. I bet there's something that's happened where I could say, "Hey, Mike, remember that time?" Uh, actually, yeah, here's a good example. <laughs> the last. <laughs> I remember uh, once I when I first moved to L.A. and you're in my van. You're like. I don't think I've ever been in this van. I'm like, my yes, you were in this van. No, no, I've never been. I don't remember in this van at all. And I remember, I not only remembered, I have photographic evidence of you having yes. ridden in the van. And you're like, I don't, I don't recall this at all. That's true. That uh, is true. I, I apparently was in the van, unless you did some sort of photographic fakery. <laughs> I did some photoshopping. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna trick him. I'm gonna fake it. I'm making sure Fasolo is wrong. I'm putting him in this picture. Well, and then we had talked to – it's funny that you're, you – you well, your wife backed it up, that you had visited me once in Colorado. Um, it was just you and your wife as you were coming through on your way back to New York. And you were like, no, I don't remember this at all. You're like, no, you came – Mike, you, you came over to my house. We <laughs> – we watched a movie and then we went – we had Taco Bell. You're like, I, I, don't, I don't recall this at all. And then I confirmed it. Your wife uh, confirmed it for me. I still don't think you remembered, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's still I, I it's one of those things that I have vague memory flashes of right of being there. Like I remember when we landed, um, Karen and Megan went off to a football game, and I went over to your house. Right. Oh, okay. So you so I remember the, that. Yeah. But like when you say, "Oh yeah, we did," that, I'm like, I have I don't I don't remember. Yeah. Much of this. <laughs> I have I have brief moments of of clarity, and then the rest is just a big blur. That's another issue with the the memory and the brain is when you get older, Mike, it starts to fail. Oh, Russ, it has already started. <laughs> Bad. That's not good, Mike. I know, and I'm only I'm not even fifty yet. Uh, you're not even forty. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah which we're still in our thirties. Remember? Oh, uh, that'd be nice when I was when I was thirty. I had I had plans. My my plan was that <laughs> I was going to write a script, which I did. And this script was of was going to be at least a million dollar sale. And that and, didn't happen. Well, that didn't happen because you didn't give me any money. <laughs> that's true. But it, I mean, that was that was my plan when I was thirty. I was going to sell a script for a million dollars, and it was going to put me on, you know, the the path to Hollywood and, and riches and fame. And I was going to be out of the nine to five workforce by the time right. I was 30. And now, uh, 17 years later, <laughs> I, well, I, you're not true. Really... I am out of the nine to five workforce, but that was until you were like 35, right? Um, so you were only five years off except for the million dollar thing. I was five years off except for the whole part about being rich was, which was the whole point of, of right. being able to be out of the workforce. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, you weren't going to be out of the workforce. Uh, um, just in a different way, you were gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be out of the workforce in a way that uh, you're like counting your money, like Scrooge yeah. McDuck. <laughs> I was gonna be out of the workforce on my own terms, not because the job shut down and I had to go on. Your employment. agent was gonna call you and say, "Mike, you, we, <laughs> we got another job for you. Uh, I can. I don't need to do it right now. I'm still rich. I'll, I'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back with you." Yeah, that was for, that's, that was the plan. That was the idea. Well, you let me know did, when you make that make that million dollar sale. I did accomplish parts of it, right? But I haven't gotten to the 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 riches part yet. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm still trying. Well, there's still time. There's still as time. I say that, as I look at the giant blank whiteboard in my in my garage. Well, it wasn't it wasn't blank. <laughs> it wasn't blank the last time I was there, so you must have erased it. So it it got erased the last time you were here, and then I actually started mapping out another show, which I'll have to tell you about, which which does involve time travel. Um, and I got a little lost, so I erased it until I could really sit down and think about it. Right, and, and haven't I haven't gotten it back up yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to. Yes, when we're when we're done recording. We'll discuss it because we want to give away our ideas here. Yeah, you give I know. Away your idea. Steal it. Somebody could be listening to Marty, and then they could go and make that million dollar script, <laughs> and they wouldn't thank you at all. Only in their head, thanks, Mike Fasolo. Yeah. For giving me the idea for the script. <laughs> <laughs> As they rub their hands together evilly. As they rub their money together. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we sort of just went off the rails again, but that's all right. <laughs> but it's at the end, so people can turn it off. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, this wasn't this wasn't as time travel-y maybe as some episodes or some movies, but I mean, it definitely deals with time travel. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of my favorite time travel movies or movies in general. So, you know, what's interesting though, a lot of time travel movies uh, do sort of deal with. The idea of changing things for the better. Uh, this one just happened to be. It wasn't like he changed some sort of uh, um, event, event, or or changing his job, or he didn't like. It wasn't like he got a cool four by four like Marty McFly. He he, <laughs> but it changed his attitude about life, and then he got a he got a cute girlfriend and uh, a new dog. A dog named Chester, the greatest dog in the world. Yep. And he became a pilot. Yeah, well, not in the movie, but he's cool. so he got his he got his life sort of back on at least back on the track of where he had wanted it originally. Right. And and he he also sort of made up with his folks. So at least you got that impression. He's gonna make up with his dad, and uh, and he was you know did something really nice for his secretary. So um, it was a happy ending. Really, what more could All you right. ask for out of life? A million dollars. Yeah, that's true. Two million to start with. Two million. Ten. Well, let's let's go with two because with the taxes, you know, um, we want to still end up with a lot of money, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, so we could be set. Um, if, when I make a million, I'll I'll hire you, and I'll pay you for this podcast. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, it'll be well. You'll be well compensated for this. But podcast. you know what? A million, actually, a million dollars these days wouldn't wouldn't be able, well, wouldn't be able to do that. The sad thing is, oh, I wouldn't be able to pay you for this podcast. Yeah. Why? 
Because you you would require a hundred thousand. Well, a million dollars runs out fairly quick these days, especially in L.A. Well, yeah, I'm, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm yeah. I mean, I wouldn't pay you like two hundred thousand dollars an episode. Well, then why would I do it? Oh, good question. Why do you do it now? <laughs> You're doing it for free now. <laughs> we don't even make advertising money yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. I say that. I'm so optimistic when Hopefully. I say that. <laughs> I say yet. That, I say yet. that with a glimmer in my eye of hope. Yet, Mike, yet, someday, someday we will get pennies. Yeah. Well, who knows? We may we may someday have to have a commercial break. You know, I don't know. That'd be nice. Check out audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then if somebody and, uh, joins if somebody joins Audible we'll get like five cents or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how the world works, Mike. Oh, I, I know. know. I know. You tell me all about it, Russ. Well, I'll tell you about it uh off the so called air. Uh so we don't want to burden any listeners with that. <laughs> You know. The listeners have already left. Yeah, if they're still listening. We just need to, to end Marty for this episode. All right, we'll end it on a happy note. Um, I don't know how, but go out. Go out, and if you haven't already, go watch uh, The Kid. Disney's The Kid. It's a good movie. Yep, and then Make, and live your dream. Appreciate your life and appreciate people named Russ. <laughs> Everyone should have someone named Russ in their life. <laughs> Everyone needs a Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Even me. All right, All right so another edition of Mike and Russ time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let me hang up on that. Let me <laughs> stop recording. This podcast is copyright 2015. Mike Solo and Russ Wooten. Mike and Russ Time Yeah is a part of the Uplate Network at russandpat.com.